I'm Luke Summerhays. I'm James J. Moyles. I'm James the Jaster Stewart. And you're listening to Monster Match. And on this week's episode, we are hunting a Matsu. Ooh. Whoosh. And his son played the match. They played the monster match. The monster match. It was a Jericho coming down. Now you know. Oh, bring the wall down. Amatsu, elder dragons that can manipulate the weather and are able to conjure up unrelenting gales. Amatsu glide through the air on currents they create using their wing membrane making it look as if they are dancing in the sky. The storms they summon are extremely destructive and can lay entire cities to waste, thus they are known as the Looming Calamity. When enraged, their storms become even more violent, enveloping the area with unrelenting lightning strikes. Ominous clouds, torn apart, unleashing a torrent of rain. Then, an unrelenting typhoon Connecting the heavens once again. It shows its form. A hurricane made of flesh. Bringing death through gale and storm. A dragon god ready to thresh. So this time, unlike all the other times I've said this, we're actually done with Rise and Sunbreak. <laughs> I actually think that considering this is uh, like a returning monster that's been brought back as like a little a little fan service hit, mm-hmm. it's actually done pretty well. Yeah, because Amatsu fits in really nicely to um, Nara and Ibushi, and then they've tied it into the story of like um, a couple of the characters in the village and well, stuff. I think that's what like everybody so was kind of. It doesn't ha- feel tacked on. Like some fans like had theories like in the base game like of Rise like when. Obviously, because like the story was so segmented with like updates because of COVID and stuff like that, uh, mm. when you got like the final story piece and before we knew about like Narwa All Mother, like people assumed, what if Amatsu is like what Ibushi and Narwa give birth to? Uh, okay, that kind of work makes sense because it does feel like it's. This is the monster that combines the thunder and lightning, like mm. Nara well, and well, it does now, yeah. Like in the third gen, Amatsu only done like wind. It was just wind, been, right? Yeah, it was just mm. wind, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Never done lightnings, like a new thing. But obviously, it makes. sense. I think wind and lightning is what I meant to say. Thunder like, and lightning. Saying, it makes thing. sense. It makes like sense for the game. Yeah. And the themes that they're going for. And yeah, yeah, between like Nawa and Ibushi and um, Guys Magorn. Like, they all seem like kind of of a piece. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the game for that model of dragon. Whereas maybe you could say World was more a game for, like, the traditional Western dragon with Nurg and. Yeah. Um, Jeeva and Safajeeva, and then Velcana. the Ice One. 
Volcana, and then they were brought back Fatalis and Alatrion at the end. So they were really doubling down on like that kind of a dragon. Whereas this then, game, it's like, no, it's all about these weird floaty Asian dragons. And then um, the bloody dirt one was with the laser beam. What was, his, what was he called? And Iceborne? Oh, I know him. Um, I his name. It has a really weird name, so oh, I don't feel guilty for not remembering it. The Poop Dragon, as I called it. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the, it look, it looks like a Voltron, and then you smash its shell off, and oh, it's like a, a weird... I forgot the name as well. That's yeah, what I called it, like, like when you, like, it soaks all the water up, and, like, and you knock all the colour of it, it just looks like a dragon made of poop. <laughs> poop mass, man, Burgundy. Um, but yeah, I, I think obviously rise in a lot of ways. Shara Ishvalda, Jay. That's the one, no, yeah. That's yeah. not the one I was thinking of. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Shara that as the end, end game, but there was the other Elder Dragon, yeah. like the big colourful one. In the, Namiel? The Islands. Namiel, that's it, yeah. That's the Namiel was the one that me and Andy did a podcast, just the two of us. So Namiel, is, is the, us just <laughs> Namiel is the Hoop Dragon. <laughs> but in a lot of ways um, Rise has been a love letter to the third gen games right and yes absolutely you know especially like portable thirds a lot of like Yukimo and Kamura share a lot of well design and DNA just by being so you know Japanese influenced in the in the architecture mm. Asian, Asian influenced in the architecture in general um so having Namatsu as the finale, um, you know, you you were saying earlier on, this was us properly done with Rise and Sunbreak, and we are now with Amatsu, and it feels very fitting. Hmm. It was a great, fantastic hunt as well, like to finish off on. Like, it's just like, such a spectacle. Well, they, they've the really touches, integrated you know. the mechanics as well, like. Yeah. The wire bug is a big factor in it and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah. Really interesting. That's it's it's very much not just the the old hunt copied and pasted. It's a completely new hunt, really. Yeah. I mean, we were the, before, like Jas was saying, uh, the Amatsu. All I remember from the fight I did of it, which was in Generations, um, was the big wind cyclone move that it did where you had to sprint and run away from it and mm. obviously it still does that um, but there's so much more to the fight now and the fact that it, you know it's a storm dragon, it's got lightning attacks um, the, the the wind effects are just turned up to 11 you've got that big cinematic moment where you've got to dodge the one hit kill move by using the great wire bug Um this ain't this ain't your daddy's Amatsu. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like the vibe is very different. I remember Amatsu in the old games. It felt like it was a uh, like this ethereal thing that just sort of vibed, and it mm. wasn't really a threat. Yeah, it wasn't. It didn't feel like it was aggressive. You know, it felt like it was because of its immense power. It had to be put down because it was dangerous. Mm. But it well, like never the one felt... thing like from Portable Third, like we were meant to like hate like, it or whatever. We didn't know, like didn't know of last card of the match, so like because obviously none of us have played like Portable Third, but I know it now that Amatsu like 
like the whole Yukimo thing, Amatsu was driving out like monsters from his habitats. I think we talked the about that, but we ju- we just read it off the wiki. Yeah, it was specifically the Zigno- the Zenoga, like basically the Amatsu kind of moved into Zenoga's territory and kind of displaced them, which was just causing chaos. Uh... Called, hence it being called the Looming Calamity. And then that obviously then explains why they chose Zenoga as. Mm-hmm. Um, or Apex and Ogre rather as the the big cinematic here's another monster to go and beat up the big bad boss like they did with um, they did with Narwa and um, uh, why am I forgetting names uh, what? oh my Bushi, god like, the, uh, no the monster Magnum Allo Magnum yes yeah. Uh, with Magnum Allo in the, uh, the the base game, um, yeah. So yeah, very much that that explains because yeah. I did that, think oh, well, it ties, like it ties into the whole kind of theme. They've clearly got like like we were saying like the third generation like theme and callbacks from the base game of Rise mm. had that, and then it just kind of caps it off where they ended with the Matsu. Like, and you, of course you bring Zenoga in because that was the whole thing in Portable Third, like we just said. Zenoga yeah. gets his revenge. Yeah. It's got. I love the little one of my well, um... like, of the audio, like just some of the music and like the little item pickup, like sounds like from Thor Genesis. Yeah, I couldn't. That. I, I couldn't like, hear yes. it. You, you pointed it out to me. No, but that's. I mean, I couldn't pick it out, but that sounds cool. Yeah, it's such a nice touch. From especially for people who've been playing like from the Thor Gen, like onward. Hmm. Yeah, they've really, I feel, with Rise and Sunbreak, nailed the kind of final boss monsters. You know, um, Guys Magorum and Base Sunbreak, if you want to call that, call it that. And then obviously you're uh, you're a Matsu in the post post launch content, and then I guess. But then if you go back to Base Rise, I guess All Mother Nawar is the you, I would call her the base rise boss, even though technically she's not. She was like first DLC. Yeah. And then after that, the final boss was the um, the Valtrax, right? Correct. And that's very cool, but that didn't feel quite as thematically relevant. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess maybe I'm in Valtrax, but if you count Guys Magorm. Um, hmm. Matsu and All Mother Narwa, all three were big spectacle battles. Um, and all th- yeah, but all three were. It's more like. Valstrax was a cool spectacle battle, and the way it zipped around the map was cool. But these three, like, they, they thematically fill of a piece, and they. They all, um, like, wrap up the story and stuff. Valstrax, I wouldn't. Maybe not in the same sense of spectacle. But the, the it's a different I'm spectacle, using it. but it had the big yeah. explosion. It's more I, so. Valstrax was more like the. He's more like in the Devil Joe slash Rajang slash um, invasion, like monster. I guess, yeah, like the new invasion. He, I guess, what I'm getting at is like the, those three that I mentioned all have these actual scripted spectacle yeah, moments. Yeah, you yeah. know, like you've got the with the human section. characters having a moment and stuff like That's that. That's yeah, yeah. So they're they're more story monsters in that sense, which. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to ask your thoughts on that because like, we got like before. We spoke about it on the uh, in the hunt, um, which you can go check out on YouTube. It'll be up when this goes up, I assume. Um, be the week after, usually. 
well, yep, you can go check it out then. <laughs> like, what, but what did you guys think about them having probably one of the more lengthy story moments before a fun that I I can recall? Because usually, we, like in in the in the game so far, we've had maybe a smaller cutscene, um, but not nothing that was so or story driven. A character like talking, like in a text box, in your text box, yeah, and just clicking a like. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Like it's, it fits. Like, I wouldn't fitting... like it if that was constant. Mm. But yeah, at this scale, I liked it. Yeah, I'm just going to say I really like it because like it's basically it's the final monster of the game. It's nice to kind of yeah exactly cap it off with a good like really like fun story moment. But then what I said in the hunt was that we've always had. You know, when you take a hunt, you get the little text box that tells you why you're doing the hunt, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I could kind of, I would kind of like to see a monster hunter game where for every monster, I mean, as long as it's optional and you can skip it, there is like a little sub story cutscene to set it up for you. <laughs> that maybe we would give it a different. You know, people always complain that it's like, oh, you're just killing these monsters for fun, and it's like, well, there is little stories, just no one reads them. If they were all like these sad little Witcher-esque, Yakuza-esque, you know. I don't know why I thought of this when you were talking about like these little sad stories before each hunt, but do you have any knowledge about Balan Wonderworld at all? Not, not of, <laughs> not that I know what you're getting at. No, <laughs> like each level is prefaced by like a little sad story about the character you're trying to rescue in the level, like, <laughs> and I don't know why that's just what I thought of when you mentioned that. Like one of them, like they're really, really stupid. Like one of them is scared of the water because she got attacked by a dolphin, <laughs> like jumps in the water and stuff like Man. that. Dolphin attacks are no laughing matter, Jay. Yeah, well, tell it to you. Dolph- dolphins are like one of the only animals that is just like deliberately addicted to humans because it thinks it's funny. I guess Yuji Naka knew more than we did. Yeah, like dolphins will, um, like there's an incident where a dolphin was like bullying its trainer at like a SeaWorld type place and it would drag her to the bottom until she almost drowned, let her get up and get her breath back and then do it again <laughs> over and over. Bloody hell. Fuck. I guess. <laughs> They're like, yeah. They're like one of the only animals besides human that just kills for sport and amusement. Well, I was going to say, like, going like back a little bit there, it's funny that you were bringing up like Valstrax before because I was going to mention, see, when you fight a Matsu again and like, like the non urgent quest, the monster mm. that shows up and dive bombs is Valstrax. Oh, cool. Ah, cool. So they've got, like, like there's that connection there, and I uh, saw someone mention online it's also, like, kind of connecting to uh, Universal Studios Japan, like, raid oh, that yeah? they done, which was a, a, a Matsu versus Valstrax. Oh, sick. I wish so, that was there when I went. From, like, six years ago or something like that it was. Mm. So people like, oh, like, that's kind of yeah, now, like, now that they've added it to the game, they're just kind of... I mean, I always get the vibe that in Montana, just everything's canon. Mm. Did they have well, different monsters like turn up in the... Uh... Rather than canon. Were there different monsters when you went back and fought all Mother Narva? Or was it always Magmal? 
there was different monsters, yeah, like Teostra, mainly Elder Dragons, oh, cool. Kishala. Yeah, yeah, I could mix it up. I like that. Makes a fight still conjure up a surprise or two when you replay that. Yeah, right? that's the whole kind of thing where, like, you're obviously the whole point in the monster game is you fight like a monster over and over again. But like, if you're reading into it, it's just story. I think like they fight the this monster once over like a span of like a couple of days. Like in theory, in it adds, it adds to like when you're redoing a hunt, it's, I always get the feeling that it's like someone retelling a story of when like a hunter was telling their story of the hunt. So like they add different elements so when like Teostra comes down and battles like the old mother, like it's like I always saw as like another hunter telling a different story. Hmm. I like that idea. So listening back to our Amatsu episode from September 2017, which is insane to think about. And what's even more crazy is that's like episode 50-something. That's not even an early one. Wow. Yeah, we started this in 2016, boys. Um, what, a, what a waste of seven years. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, I was on one. I guess I'd just been watching a lot of X-Men films because first I'm comparing Lumatsu to Storm, which kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. Did you yeah, drop the toad line? <laughs> yeah. No, but you did, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Why am I so predictable even seven years on? <laughs> as soon as I mention Storm, you bring up the stupid what happens to a toad and it gets caught by lightning. <laughs> It's all I can think about when I think about Storm. <laughs> oh, man. And then the other X-Men reference I make is because, this is going back to what I was saying earlier, in the way they describe Amatsu and the way um, Gaijin Hunter described it when he was talking about Portable Third, it wasn't like in this game where it's like, my mortal enemy, it destroyed my village, it killed my queen, blah, blah, blah. It was just like, yeah, this thing lives up in the mountains, but it causes storms everywhere it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was describing it as being similar to Professor Xavier in Logan, where he's not actively hurting anyone. He's just can't control his powers anymore. Mm. But this game, it does not have that vibe at all. It's like, this thing hates you and it wants to destroy your <laughs> village. And it hates you in the hunt as well. It is a... Mm-hmm. Well, actually, like just goes for him. <laughs> the hunt has changed as well, yeah, because it. I think I remember the old hunt also kind of felt like it floated around and storms happened, but it never felt like mm. it was coming for us. Mm. Whereas this guy felt pretty aggressive. We've got that whole second phase to the fight now, which wasn't in the old games, right? Like where it activates rage mode and that's mm. when it starts doing a lot more like thunder attacks, like the storms almost mm-hmm. intensifying in a way. Yeah. So it's it maybe you could argue that it feels a bit less unique as an elder dragon now, but it's probably a better hunt and a cooler fight. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it is definitely doesn't have the same vibe as it does before, and that that is unique. I, I will say that, but if it's always meant to be this 
like I don't know how it was described in the old games, if it was described as being just an Elder Dragon of Winds or what have you there, but an Elder Dragon that conjures storms. I mean, big cyclones aren't all you get in a storm. There will be thunder, there will be lightning, there will be destruction, and it feels a lot more thematically on point Mm -hmm. with how they've designed it in this game. Yep. Oh, man. When Andy came to Japan, he got, like, some light drizzle. And he was trying to describe it to me like he'd experienced, like, a powerful Japanese storm. (laughs) I was just like, you have not, mate. Trust me. Yeah, I've seen seen videos of the mad typhoon you get over there. It's... uh... Well, usually I'm pretty safe from them because I'm like enclosed in the mountains. But one of them broke through a couple of years back, and it like you probably saw it on the news. It like flooded the Shinkansen um, bay and stuff. Like yeah, destroyed that... a bunch of farms. I'm pretty sure, like, obviously I follow New Japan. And I'm pretty sure there were that that maybe around the time they had to like, cancel a bunch of shows. And. Um... My company generously let us take the afternoon off that day. Oh, the storm wasn't due until two. <laughs> so I was walking home, like, basically in monsoon rains. <laughs> just like, like, when I got back to my apartment, it was like I just got into the shower in my clothes. I was absolutely soaked through. <laughs> well, speaking of, like, storms and stuff, the... the um, so the full name Amatsuka Matsuchi, the Japanese name, basically translates to like a god of storms. Oh, there you go. That's um, and like in Japanese mythology, storm gods are very significant. Partly because just because the country has a lot of storms. Mm. So you've got like um, Susano is the storm god, and he's the one who like killed Orochi, the eight-headed serpent. And then of course there's the the kamikazes, like the god winds, which sunk the Mongol invasions so like storm gods are very very much worshipped here feared and worshipped do Fujin and Raijin fall into that or yes yeah yeah, yeah. they would come under storm gods I guess this is like the combination of the two together right like Fujin and Raijin would be like cronies of Susanoo I guess cronies The trick, the, the the weird thing with Japanese religion and mythology is that it wasn't centralized until a couple hundred years ago, so it, very little of it actually makes sense if you put it all together. But that's true of most old mythologies, right? Like if you read all the Norse stories, they contradict each other because they were told by different people over centuries. You need to look up how uh, Susanoo's portrayed in Final Fantasy XIV. It's incredible. He's like this. <laughs> big jolly storm warrior that speaks like Brian Blessed. It's brilliant. Oh, that's, that's pretty accurate, to be honest. My Well, okay. my main image of Susano is the one from Okami, so... Mm. Yeah, in, in 14, he's, he's just... You start the fight and he goes, Let the revelries commence! It's nice. <laughs> I suppose, um, you know, Fujin and Raijin you know, kind of com- combining together to be what Amatsu would represent does kind of lean into that theory that people had that Jas was on about about uh, Amatsu potentially going to be the what was birthed by Ibushi and Narwa, right? Because Ibushi and Narwa yeah. are meant to represent 
Fidgen and Raijin, respectively. Mm-hmm. And we, we theorised that um, Geismagorn might be one of their kids as well. So I, I think all four must be kind of related. Even if they're not like the four that we thought are specifically one big happy family. Guess that. I mean, I, I suppose Geismagorn is meant to be, you know, a representative representing, you know, hell and the underworld. Well, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a fallen, like fallen angel. Like they they even say that in um, some of the descriptions. And I suppose Amats is, you know, heavenly, meant to be from the skies, yeah. and then its armor kind of leans into that as well. Like its, it's armor is very much like a shrine maiden. Yeah, yeah, it's like a priestess thing. thing. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So, yeah, I suppose Amatsu is very much at odds with Guy's McGorm. Mm. But they all. Well, yeah. If 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 the final boss of Sunbreak was the devil, where do you go from there? Fight God. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, yep. I'm a big Every... fan of any fight God narrative. The more literal, the better. <laughs> Like, if I can see God get actually punched in the face. <laughs> Hence why Bayonetta 1 has the best ending of all time. Spoilers, I guess. <laughs> it's a 14-year-old video game spoilers. at this point. <laughs> you and spoilers. I'm not saying spoilers. Go hand in hand. <laughs> yep. I think you're safe. I think it's been out for 14 years now, no not like... Wait, like, man. You, st- you start that game, you know it's not ending any other way than you punching the god through <laughs> the solar system. Yes. <laughs> That's... I think that's us, yeah. Yeah. Until, well, who knows when. Yeah, I mean... Until the new game. <laughs> we Probably pretty much... Maybe bonus stuff. If they do, if they do shock us with like a, a decent extra monster... Yeah, who knows, maybe we'll do it like on the, when... the roadmap, I said there was a bonus update, but like, and then they kind of... The monster that they show, half show, like seems obvious. Seems to be varying from Zeno, but... Who knows, they yeah, another few monsters in there. Yeah. We probably won't cover that unless it's, you know, a real spectacle of a fight. Um, yeah. And... Which, or something, yeah. Considering how bookended But yeah, there's not a lot else we'll, we've got to cover. I mean... Uh, Unless we end up picking up stories, who knows? <laughs> Go back to stories too. Um, so okay, yeah, I, I mean, was, they had a bunch of videos of stories too running at the um, what do you call it? The cafe. The cafe. Mm. God, I was tempted. <laughs> there you go. You make a little little stream series from from Luke. Who knows? Yeah, but maybe I'll, I'll rope um, Smurf back in and we'll do like a story spoiler cast. I think him and Matt both finished it. Mm. But yeah, well, I mean, this might be your your dose of mash until Monster Hunter Six appears, which who knows? We'll, 
Pop might even start seeing rumblings of that in the summer. Maybe TGS this year. Who knows? It'll be a game show, yeah. That's what Sujimoto said. Keep your eyes on Tokyo Game Show. That's September, right? September, yep. There we go. In the meantime, though, this Sunday, you will get... Uh, I mean, it's right. Now is Sunday when they're listening. Next week, you will get uh, the Hunt episode of this podcast. You'll also get, on this feed, the first episode of the new podcast where you can find me and Jay and Jess, Hyrule Field Report. Yes. So if you if you want to continue and listen to our us freeze dulcet tones, then if you're into a bit of Zelda as well, or um, even if you're not, and you're just interested in games and hearing our chat about them, then definitely recommend giving that a listen. We'll be uh, playing through, it's almost kind of a listen-along, play-along style adventure for Tears of the Kingdom, but uh, uh, first episode is just a little look back at Breath of the Wild and us gushing about how excited we are about Tears of the Kingdom, so definitely worth checking out and getting excited with us. Yeah, I will say, if you're looking for, like, a critical eye, it is not that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> It is a loving. We we, we we very much enjoy that game. Check us out on Twitter at Monster Mash Pod or also on Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Make sure you search Monster Mash Podcast. Make sure you rate and review, like and subscribe, tell your friends. I mean, it's a bit redundant at this point. But also, please do all of those things for the new podcast. Follow it over to wherever that gets uploaded. And please do tweet at AndyMan949. Um, how much you love him and you miss him and you hope he comes back when we do more Monster Mash. I'm sure he will. Yeah, do, do keep us subscribed in your feeds. We, we will be going dark for a while, but we're not dead. Yet. Peace! <laughs> Catch, us. Catch us later! Bye!